Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. got the music in you, I tell you what, when I mentioned at the top of the show at midday we were getting Mark Howard on to talk about the Ashes, I've just been inundated with texts about the Howie Games. So, the host of the magnificent podcast, the reason I started listening to podcasts, I don't know, it was very early on in the Howie Games, he joins us now, uh, and I've been told to say, g'day guru. Hey Staffy, I appreciate your kind words, and I'm glad the podcast is travelled over the ditch and I reckon I'm more excited than any of the listeners for the Ashes. I got through the World Test Championship and um, wow, how can a test match like that seem like an entree? But yeah, I'm pumped about it, mate, and I'm, I'm really uh, really excited to have a chat with you and hear what's going on in New Zealand and how you think we're going to go against England. Well, I want to get to the cricket, but the listeners demand I talk to you about the Howie Games. Darren Sammy yep. was the very first sports ca- uh, podcast I'd ever listened to, and I've since right. listened to probably 90% of all of yours. Was He, he was early, early days, wasn't he? Yeah, that was when I was commentating on the Caribbean Premier League, probably sort of back 2016. So that was when I was just sort of getting my head around and I sat down with Darren in St. Kitts. I can still picture the hotel, maybe over a whiskey or a rum <laughs> overlooking uh, the Caribbean Sea. I wish every podcast had kicked on like that, Staffy. It'd be a nice way to do it. Yeah. And just for the listeners, this is the quality of people he's spoken to. Andrew Johns, Craig Bellamy, Ray Warren, Rob Whitaker, Anthony Mundine, my Darren Sammy one, which is still one of my favourites. But my real favourites one, Howie, is, I'm going to put it in a subgroup, are the surfers, because you love your surfing. Um, I Ke- do. Kelly Slater, Mick Fanning, uh, Sally Fitzgibbon. And the one we've got in common... I've interviewed yep. Lane Beachley. You've interviewed Lane oh. Beachley. It was like interviewing the queen of sport for me. Yeah, yeah, I love obviously. I, you know, I live I live in a little place called Barwon Heads, which is um, on a surf beach down here in Victoria, about fifteen minutes from Bells. It took me sort of. So I love to surf. So it took me four years to get Kelly on the show. Um, I was extremely pumped. But I tell you, talking about pumped in the ashes. I've got two in the can um, that people need to keep an ear out for in the ashes. I, I sat down with the arch enemy last night, a, a man that I absolutely love. So I spent two hours with Stewie Broad last night before he went to oh. training in the week of the ashes. Um, and I, I love him. I love everything he's about, not just his talent and his skill, but him as a person. So I hope people listen to that, especially in my country, and understand that the bloke that a lot of Aussies don't, really enjoy, even though they'd love him to be on our test side, is a superstar. So, And Scotty Boland as well coming up. Uh, so there's some good episodes. It's, it's good. It's good that the cricket's on and we can talk cricket. Scotty Boland. Now, that was one I wanted to talk to you about. I think he's got a test career of 
eight tests and he's 34. Um, you guys breed cricketers like we breed rugby players. Yeah, it's well, he, he's a Victorian fella um, that has been doing his thing in Shield for 10 years. And Kerry O'Keefe said to us on Fox Cricket about 14, 16 months ago, probably four months, six months before the previous Ashes, keep an eye on Scotty Boland. And we're like, Scotty Boland? Um, <laughs> and Skull picked him. It's still sitting at the MCG watching him take six or seven. I was lucky enough to be, I was very fortunate to be in the box the night that he started. So his first two wickets and then the next morning for four wickets. So I was in there for all six wickets next to Michael Vaughan and Mike Hussey. And when he took that sixth wicket, we were obviously going off our chops. Well, Vaughan he wasn't, but <laughs> Mike and I were going off our chops. And Huss turned to me and, and he said it in comms, if you go back, he said, Howie, what is happening here? And it was a perfect summation from Huss that none of us really understood what we were seeing when Scotty destroyed England. And, you know, he did the job in the World Test Championship and that's obviously the big question about about who the Australians pick in their bowling lineup because the rest is settled. But I don't know. It's keeping me awake at night. What do you reckon? I reckon it's keeping Josh Hazelwood awake at night too. Um, has, yeah. has it come down to those two blokes? Well, I think it, I think it does. Like England have got a England have got a similar scenario with um, with Mark Wood or or even Stewie Broad, um, who they go with. So, you know, you know what you get from Cummins. You know what you get from Boland. Um, I think you need the X factor with Stark. Like he, he might have got a bit of tap, but he got Coley in the first innings with a ball that no one else in the Australian lineup can bowl. So I guess it comes down to bowl and and, and Hazelwood. I'm glad I'm not making that decision. Um, but I, I get who are you going for, Boland or Hazelwood? I think they'll plump Hazelwood just just for the experience. Yeah, but and but if he's not a hundy, if he's not ninety percent, I think they'll go bowling. Oh, I, actually, no, I, sorry. I, I think they'll go bowling. Um, but mm. who knows? I wouldn't want to be in this election panel. Um, he, just seems, he just seems right for English conditions, Scotty Boland. He just bowls on that line and length and just nibbles it. Alan Border compared him in the paper last week to Terry Alderman and what he'd seen him do. But I saw the great Michael Vaughan said today, I don't know if you saw it, that he thinks England, with their, with their attacking style, will play bowling like a spinner and take two uh, two steps down the pitch and try and belt him. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. Um, St- Steve Smith came out and said, baseball won't beat us Australians. Uh, that was a nice little loose, little Lucifer fire starter on the kindling if the Ashes needed any more, though. Well, that, that's what Australia hopes. That's <laughs> what Australia hopes because, you know, that before he took over, I was talking about this with Stuart last night, Stuart Broad. They were one from 17, and he took over, and I think they're 10 from 12. And I, I asked him, what has it done? And I, I won't be able to enunciate it as clearly as Brody, um, and yet won't come out for a few weeks. But basically, he told me a couple of stories about preferring to see batsmen get out caught on the fence than get out caught defending. And we are here to have fun, and we are here to entertain people. I won't go into it, but some of the stories he told me that Baz, your man, was talking about as far as entertainment and what Baz had done during test matches because he felt the crowd needed more entertaining was extraordinary. They're having fun doing it. And, and it's all right for us Aussies to say, oh, it won't work against us. But that's because I think everyone in Australia realises if it does work against us, we'll get smoked. So it's, it's a great untested. But by gee, just the fact the way they're playing that way means 
it is must watch, isn't it? Like who, if England win the toss and bat, we're used to thinking, oh, you know, one for sixty at lunch. They, they could be. They could be none for 130. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing what could happen. That, that's what producer Sammy said. One of two things is going to happen. 130 without loss first session, 60 for five. <laughs> Anything can happen. Yeah, it's got that... It's got that feel about it that, that, that anything could happen, and that's why we turn in for sport to be entertained. So, um, yeah, I'd... You know, Travis Head, he's, that's the way he bats, yeah. and he won as the World Test Championship. So, you know, you look across world sport and what Ange Postacoglu has done with Celtic, and they play attacking football. It's working. You look at the NBA, it's attacking basketball. It's working. So attack seems to be the effective mode in world sport at the moment across all sports. So why not test cricket? What about the endurance aspect of a five-test Ashes series? And I'm talking about fatigue of mental, mental fatigue and physical fatigue. Because some of the key players in this Ashes series are very well on the other side of 30. I don't know that the the leading bowlers from England can play all five tests. Uh, Pat Cummins has said he wants to play all five. I don't know about the others. There will be breakdowns. There will be injuries. Squad depth, I feel like, leans in Australia's favour. Yeah, I I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. And obviously... Jimmy Anderson, you know, is a superstar, but he, he's coming off a calf. Ollie Robinson had a, an issue with his ankle, but apparently he's all good to go now. Stewie last night said he's never felt so good in his life. Obviously, the big one is Jack Leach um, because he'd become a more attacking bowler under Stokes. So Mo and Ali comes back into a format that he hasn't played for the last couple of years. Oh, I think you're right. I think it's so it looks so even that if you lose a key player... It, as England have with Jack Leach, it has a massive effect. So um, if you've got the squad bowling mentality, they've got Wood, they've got Broad, they've got Anderson, they've got Tongue that took five wickets against Ireland. So, so they're looking pretty good as well. But if you get a Glenn McGrath-style scenario tripping on a ball and doing your ankle the morning of the test, it, it could have massive ramifications for the whole series, as you say, Stan. Um, as a New Zealander sports fan, I do love the Ashes. Um, I'm just wondering, like the Cricket Mad Nation of Australia, where does the Ashes sit? Now there's the World Test Championship, um, there's World Cups and all that sort of thing. Is, is the Ashes still the jewel in the Australian cricket crown? I think it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. In fact, I've no doubt it is. I've been privileged enough to see India beat Australia the last two times here, um, and and that was just next level cricket. But I, I think it's the one we look forward to. And in some ways, the the, uh, the home Ashes is fantastic, but it's the, it's the it's the England Ashes that you sit down and there's these amazing grounds that you've grown up reading about the Low Oval or or Edgbaston or Headingley or Lords and the pomp and ceremony that comes with it and all of a sudden the ball's moving around still on the second day and it's, it's you know, it's Alan Border winning 4-0 or it's, it's Michael Vaughan beating Australia. It's just got those such historic stories. Stewie Broad not walking to Agar, Alderman getting all the wickets, Steve Waugh in 89, you know, punching it through the covers and, and blossing him as a test batsman. I think, I think that's where Australian cricketers are forever remembered as their performances in the Ashes. So I think as, as, as a nation, that's what we really enjoy. But I, I think I probably enjoy the England Ashes more than the Australian Ashes. Um, there's something about, you know, can you punch through the, the lunch break as a supporter, <laughs> mate, to, to, to get through to the next session and, and all that type of thing. And, 
and yeah, it's um, yeah, but you, you can obviously hear the enthusiasm in my voice oh. about how excited I am about it. Mate, you're reeling off those grounds, and I'm just thinking striped blazers, pims, asparagus rolls, polite applause. Um, you cannot, not enough money can buy you tradition, and it's irreplaceable, and it is the home of cricket. Lords is the number one, it's, it's the Indianapolis 500 of cricket. You can't replace that, and I agree. Like, I love watching cricket being played in Australia because of the time zones, but... Man, beating England in England, and we don't have an Ashes for the Black Caps. You got the Ashes. It, it's it's remarkable. Smithy asked me to ask you how yeah. you how you survived the IPL. <laughs> well, I tell Smithy that I loved everything about the IPL. I was entranced by the country, the people. Um, I ate. Tell Smithy I ate more naan bread than even he could have got through, which is not an easy thing to do for a man of my size compared to. Um, the the great man that is Smithy. I, I love the IPL. I think it's going to change cricket, though, staff. I think I, I I left Australia thinking all this talk about Test cricket being over overrun or dominated by franchise cricket is probably not right. But I came away not in a negative way, just being so impressed and so just seeing how the players are treated and not just what they're paid, but how they're treated and respected. I think it's um. It's, I don't look at it as a threat to the game, but but as an addition, it's going to put pressure. I noticed Rohit Sharma saying, wouldn't it be great if we had three tests for the World Test Championship? But, but where are you going to carve out a schedule mm. to whack two more tests in there? So, yeah, no, I loved, I loved the IPL. Um, but it, but does, does New Zealand now go for England, since they are captained and coached by a couple of Kiwis? It's extraordinary. Yeah, look, I think some people's colours have changed. It's like, oh, it's like here's the rules of being a New Zealander, and it's stamped in your passport. Is in rugby you cheer for the All Blacks and anyone playing England, and in yeah. cricket you cheer for the Black Caps and anyone playing Australia. Yeah, that hurts. I might not have come on your show if I'd known the full sophistication of it. I'm riddled with honesty, Howie. I I, I can't help myself. But but how good is it that that a bloke like Brennan McCullum, and I said this to Stewie last night, you know, I'm staying up to watch England-Ireland after the lunch break in a neutral test match because I want to see Harry Brooks strike at 100 or I want to see Ben Duckett make 200 off 190 balls. So... I think we owe a massive credit. To, we do. So let's be honest, Brendan, the way he has transformed Test cricket, and it'd be great to see every nation play like this because that, that's what you want to see. You, you want to see the ball flying around and the bowlers getting an opportunity. Um, so well done to, to Baz. Like, what a great man. And the service he gave to cricket on field, I think he's being doubled, tripled, quadrupled by what he's doing. Because there's no doubt, mate, if England succeed like this, then everyone has to start playing that way because that's the natural way of sport, isn't it? If someone comes up with a new approach and it works, then everyone wants to copy. Absolutely. Yeah, he's left big footprints, whatever he carries on to do. I've got some questions coming from the listeners. You're a popular guest, Howie. Um, must, be, must be mum. She's on holidays in New Zealand, is she? <laughs> um, we've got a life member of a show, Zade. He said, can you ask him how Pickle and the Big Pig winner? Yeah, no, the pickle and the big penguin are well. Thank you. They are are the stars of the podcast. For those that don't listen, I have an 11 and a 13-year-old who I always ask a question of the guest. The son asked Stewie Broad last night 
he basically said, Stewie, I'd love to see you get lots of wickets but lose the ashes. So that was the best he wanted to get across. So please let that listener know that, that they're well, that they're well. Thank you. Excellent. Um, Steffi, can you please ask Howie who uh, his favourite, he said couple, well, I'll give you your favourite three Howie Games interviews. Oh, gee, that's like choosing between the, my son and my daughter. Yeah. Um, it's probably my son at the moment. It was my daughter last week, but they won't hear this. Um, okay, um, Luke Longley about playing with the Chicago Bulls. Loved that one. Jordan. Um, oh, uh, there's a gentleman very early on called Jack Jones, which is not um, a reflection of the podcast. Jack played VFL football for Essendon and won premierships, but his talk and discussions about courage and mateship serving in Papua New Guinea in World War II and, and what mateship really is um, absolutely blew me away. And then of more recent times, um, well, Kelly Slater. It's hard to go past Kelly. Um, <laughs> whether Kelly. it was a good interview or not, it was just me <laughs> chatting with Kelly for two hours, which kept me happy. So there, there's three to start with. But there's, you mentioned Robert Whitaker. I know nothing about UFC. His descriptions of what's involved in that sport really blew me away. Really blew me away. Uh, long one's been sent in by Huey, so I'll read it. Um, yep. Howie, you spend a lot of time alongside the Aussie cricketers, calling their games, having them on the podcast, etc. What is it about being an Aussie cricketer that gives them so much confidence? Against India, they had a hostile crowd against them and relished it, thrived in it, and they're going up against the same very hostile English crowds, and they haven't won since 2003. Will the players get a little extra something from that cauldron? It's a great question. The, the only way I could answer it is... I find dealing with the Australian cricket team, they are a great bunch of individual people. Not cricketers, but people. Like Mitchell Stark will come up and give you a hug every morning of a test match. Nathan Lyon wants to chat cricket with you any time. Pat Cummins is respectfully, when you see him, he asks you how your family are, how your kids are. Um, so I think for me that they are great blokes. Usman Khawaj is the world's nicest and intelligent cricketer I've ever met. So it might seem a roundabout answer to the question, staff, but I think because they are such good people, they are wonderful people, that when they play together as a team, um, I think that comes together under Pat's leadership. It's, it's a strange answer, but I think because they are such respected, respectful people, that that comes out in the way they play their cricket. Um, and I think they're doing a wonderful job to represent their country in the way it should be represented. Beautiful words. Beautiful words, Howie. We could talk all day, but we won't. Thank you for the Darren Sammy podcast all those years ago, and I've listened to about 90% of yours, and I encourage all our listeners to get on, subscribe to the Howie Games. You will not be disappointed. Um, Howie, you're a great man, and really appreciate you taking time to preview the ashes for us. Thanks, mate. Love coming on. It's stuck in my mind what Darren Sammy said along the lines of your current location is not your ultimate destination. So I don't want to go all mystic and cryptic on you, but I think Darren was basically saying where you are now is not necessarily where you end up in the world. And I took a lot from that. Love being on. Enjoy the ashes. Um, go Stewie Broad. Go Baz. But go the Aussies. <laughs> Up you go. Thanks, Howie. There, mate. Mark Howard, and yeah, I, I highly recommend the Howie Games. He's got so I just rattled off the ones I could remember. Um, fantastic. He spoke to an Iron Man as well. Um, oh, Trevor Handy, Trevor Hendy, sorry. Um, fantastic. Just so many good ones. And I knew nothing about Darren Sammy, his childhood, his upbringing, the hurdles, the politics of West Indies cricket. 
it was just fascinating. And he's such a good bloke, very, very humble. Mark Howard, talking ashes. We'll come back after a break.